Hi, it's Michael and Anthony here presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for the current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week, with Anthony Turner from the Small Business Mentoring Service, we'll interview a different small business expert or a fellow business owner and get them to share their best tips and insights for you, the listeners. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Thanks also to our supporters, Kerr Capital and the Small Business Mentoring Service. Okay, welcome to another edition of Small Business Banter Radio. Um, With me and Anthony today is Ashley Darwin, who is the founder of, I think it's pronounced ADITS, um, run out of um, Bowen in Queensland. It's an IT servicing company. Ashley's going to talk a little bit more about what he does at at ADITS. Um, So welcome in, Ashley, firstly. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. And welcome in co-host Anthony Turner from the Small Business Mentoring Service. Thanks, Michael, and nice to be back again. Um, so let's start with Ashley. Um, you, the, the, you started this business um, yourself as a 20-year-old. You're, you're now uh, 36 employees. It's a hell of a story. Do you want to just give us a, a couple of minute um, background on yourself and uh, and then we'll t- start talking about your business and, and the journey that you've been on to grow it to 36 employees? Yes, thank you. So uh, basically, I, I was born and bred in Bowen um, and uh, went, went to school there. Uh, I suppose when I was, my working career started, you know, when I was in year 11 and 12, and I think one of the teachers there um, thought I could be putting my uh, efforts to something productive because obviously schoolwork wasn't going 100% well. So um, she offered me a, tra- a school-based traineeship at the, at the high school where I was at, so she said, oh, I think this will, this will be for you and did you want to do it? So I said, yeah, no, no that sounds good. So I uh, started at the local high school one day a week, um, which then turned into two days a week and three days school and four and then one day of school. So over sort of my year 11 and 12 uh, school year, lots of that was uh, working as a uh, school-based IT training. Um, and then after, after I graduated in year 12, uh, they said, look, um, we think you've done a good job. Uh, did you want to stay on full time? So that's basically how I started. I um, did that for for a few years working for the school, um, and then after that, probably probably you know you you work and you you get things how you want them, and you get a bit bored. So after that, at twenty, I I thought that uh, starting my own business would be a would be a good idea. And when you're twenty, you're pretty young and naive. So um, I went home to my parents and said, uh, "Yeah, this is what I want to do." And yeah, if my my child come home and said that I'd be a bit bit hesitant about it, but they were they were supportive and said, "Yeah, no, have you thought this through?" Yep. So well, it sounds like you also had a supportive teacher that identified you had an aptitude for for IT. Yeah, um, and, which is 
probably more than I did. So that's good that she did that. <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. And thankful to her for that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, that, that's how I started. And then uh, started at, obviously started the business at, uh, at 20. And uh, yeah, and, so, and, and went from there. Yeah. Well, when we roll forward, you look like you're a young fella. So let's say, you know. That's what 15, I tell people, yeah. 15 years. So what, 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 what does the business look like today? And what does it do? Yeah, so so um, I know you you asked what, how it was pronounced. Um, Adits is normally how how it's pronounced, but there there's been a few reiterations that 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 happen from time to time. But uh, basically, we're a uh, what we call a managed service provider. Um, so we provide uh, you know support, uh, IT support for you know businesses right through from like a startup or one or two employees right through to you know um, a large school or enterprise with five hundred. So. We have we have a big demographic of of businesses that we look after, and we and we provide support right through from, you know, when their internet comes in to their end user support because, you know, we, we sort of sit as the conduit between, you know, the three hundred vendors IT providers out there and and the business and and you know is the conduit between. So that that that's where we where we sit. Yeah, yeah it's pretty confusing if you're not if you're not dealing in IT day to day. 300 vendors that you could buy a solution from can be pretty overwhelming. Um, so, so you, you, do you service a lot of SMEs, uh, but also a few large companies? Um, I think one of the things that you, um, you said in terms of the, we just want to talk about your business growth. Um, you, you rated uh, company culture is critically important to growing a one-person business to 36 employees from Bowen in Queensland. So can you tell us about the importance to you of uh, in that success uh, of building a culture and, and its um, effect on the business? Yeah, I think coming from a, a service-based business and obviously starting from 20, this is the only business that I know, you know, so from a coming from a service-based business, you know, our greatest asset are you know our team because they're they're the people you know uh, presenting the business. So you know when we're hiring, we're very cautious. We you know we we can teach the technical and we can you know train the technical, but people's personalities and and mannerisms that's what we can't we we can't train. So you know that's been like one of the most important things that that we've looked for over the time. And I think you know the comments and feedback we get back are all about are all about the the staff so that the our staff are always our greatest asset actually i think one of the things a lot of um, small business owners are guilty of and i know i have been in my past is that we tend to look for skills rather than attitude um and yeah from what i'm hearing from you you're basically turning that around and looking for the attitude um because you know that you can teach the skills yeah 100 percent. and you know being and because we are a service-based business, that's that's one of the most important things because they're they're the ones seeing our customers and you know liaising with them. So that that's probably that that's what we've looked for. And it did take us some time to do that. Like I, you know, we've we've learned all the lessons along the way. Yeah. So how how would you suggest the you know, other business owners you know who are typically. Um, I guess skilled in looking at the skill sets rather than uh, determining the criteria for aptitude rather or attitude rather than aptitude. Um, what sort of tips could you maybe give them? So, what are the sorts of things that they need to be looking for? 
Yeah, so I think I don't know if if, if it's a, new, a unique thing for what we do, but what what we normally do is you know we'll we'll do the normal recruitment process and shortlist down to down to some candidates, and then normally we'll interview once once we've narrowed it down. You know, we might do the first interview as a normal interview, but once we've narrowed it down to one or two, uh, we'll do it over lunch. Normally, we'll do the the last bit of the interview over lunch because what we find is that. When when there's you know a meal involved or or whatever, you know generally speaking, it it takes it from a formal to informal um, you know interview, um, and you start to see their true personalities there because if they're gonna, if you can put put a show on for a certain amount of time, but when when it's informal like that, that's where you normally find out people's personalities. So I, I think that's something that I think has worked well for us because you can find out a lot more about a, a person in an informal setting. With Yeah, that's a, a, you're, you're so right. With um, the employees you've got, now we, we're hearing a lot about uh, remote working, um, people evacuating cities and, you know, uh, are you are all of your 36 employees um, based in Bowen or, or are they spread um, and, and are you sort of living and breathing what you, I guess you'd be telling your clients, which is you don't need to all be necessarily in one office? Yeah, I, I think there, there's a lot of challenges with with getting people to remote areas and, and Bowen's a town of 10,000 people. So, you know, it, it's very hard to for people to make that change to it, you know, especially if they're from a, a metro area to, to come to a country town. So, we do have offices in Townsville, which is which is you know um, two hours two hours from Bowen, and then in Brisbane because you're not always going to find the skill set that you need or the people you need in in those in the in a smaller town's pool. We we, we try, but yeah, it, it, over time that's and and our customer base has moved as well. So we we've got those three locations. We started in Bowen, but yeah, one of our main offices actually in Townsville and Brisbane. Right. Um- and is that is that something that's driving your clients at the moment? Ha- dealing with that challenge of um, uh, working, even even if it's from home instead of an office or a, another town instead of you know the where you live. Uh, yeah, I, I think because you know we, we do have to go on site to businesses. Um, you know, still we're, not all of our support is done remotely, so we still have to have people based in locations that that we service. So there's still a requirement from uh, for for that. Having said that, I think with COVID, um, that's brought everyone's attention to the fact that we actually can work from home now. That it is actually a, it is actually a model that that can work. So. I think we're going to see some changes happen where uh, you can you can live in a in a rural or regional location and still work for a, a metro company. So I think we're going to see some changes in that space happening. Actually, one of the key things I think about you know when you're working you know closely and or when you're working remotely as well is you know obviously is a business's culture you know the uh, that underlying culture of you know whatever it might be. Um, I noticed from you know the bio information and everything else you've got a very very good culture. Um, what do you think are the main um, highlights or key points that you know business owners you know need to be thinking about to establish a culture? Because the reality is whether you actually create a culture or you do nothing, you are actually creating a culture and it may not be the one that you want. Yeah. And, and 
I'm probably not the best person to answer that because, you know, I, I didn't go out to create a culture. It sort of evolved over time. So we're lucky that yeah. we it has evolved into a good culture. But um, I, I don't know. I think the biggest thing that, that from my point of view is I think you just have to be genuine. You have to genuinely care about, you know, customers as one. But, you know, I think you have to be genuinely care about the staff that you or your team that you have, you know, this is this is not just a not just a my show you know it, it takes our whole team to 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 make this thing work so you have to be genuine and you have to genuinely care and genuinely be thankful to you know your team around you so and and they and they see that and i think it's it's one thing that you know that makes them makes them feel part part of something I think the other thing about that is that uh, it's building that level of trust so that they feel empowered. Hundred, yeah, ex- exactly. Because you know, as as running a business, you can't you can't be in you know thirty places at once. So you've got to trust your team um, that they're going to do what you would do. So there has to be the trust there. There has to be loyalty there, and yeah. Thanks, Ashley. And on today's episode of Small Business Banter Radio, we're talking with Ashley Darwin, who uh, is a founder of Addits in Bowen um, and and a couple of other locations. Ashley, one of the things when we spoke before this interview was, and I'm changing tack here slightly, but the, the importance for you of your customers aligning their business strategy and their IT strategy. IT strategy for a lot of business owners is, is a lot of different things. So can you just talk a little bit about the importance in today's environment of having a business strategy and an IT strategy that is closely aligned? Yeah, no, definitely. So when we're, if, if I can give an example, we, you know, if, if we're coming and we're bringing onboarding a, a new customer, for instance, uh, the first thing that we do is take an audit of their business as such to see what they've got from a technology point of view to you know to to see what they've got that's one part the the other important part is we sit down with the business and understand one what the business is um what they do how they do it and then what their you know plan is in the next 12 24 months because what we need to make sure is that from a technology uh you know idea is that what they have and what we're going to implement as time goes on is is you know because if they're going to scale in the next in the next 12 24 months we need to make sure that what we're suggesting to them and advising them is going to be in line with how their business is going so i think that's that's really that's just as important the technology as understanding the business itself yeah so so you're avoiding just implementing maybe a short term fix or maybe what you think is a you know is a solution for them, um, but instead trying to understand you know, what the business owner wants to do with the business. Do they want to scale? Yeah, uh, yeah. Do, and and so look forward 12, 24, 36 months. And um, it, increasingly, businesses are going online. Um, and is is that what you're seeing in your client base that there has been a shift from offline um, to online? Yeah, you know, particularly through the last 12, 18 months. Yeah, I think I think businesses have a new appreciation for technology and how um, how they can benefit from using it. You know, a classic example is during COVID. Um, you know what we've been talking to businesses about about working from home when they're when they're required or working outside the office. 
was never a thing until COVID come along and they're like, well, you remember how you told me about that a year ago? Can we actually do that now? Because we need to send our staff home for, for six months, even though they didn't know it was six months at the time. But, you know, so all of a sudden we can, everyone now appreciates what we can, what technology can do to, you know, to enhance the business. Actually, one of the things that I've become aware of and, to, and talking in a previous interview is that, uh, that, Technology is very much talked about as digital is the flavour of the month for governments and business and everything at the moment. Um, but there seems to be two gaps, um, and particularly in regional areas. One of those is infrastructure in terms of uh, not all areas are serviced well by um, you know, infrastructure to support going digital. And the other one is digital literacy. Uh, where a lot of business owners, particularly new businesses and or older businesses that are looking to update, um, are not um, overly literate about um, you know, what they can do and how where to go and everything else. Is that part of the gap that you fill? But also, how would you suggest to sort of a, a business who might be a bit challenged with computer literacy, how to go about getting up to speed with the things that they need? Yeah, so that, that that's a good question. I think the the first one about the you know the roadblocks and challenges with infrastructure, especially in regional Australia, we do have an issue with connectivity and internet speeds. You know, so the adoption to the cloud and things like that is a lot slower in regional areas versus in metro. So, but but that's that's changing over time, and, and that and that will evolve eventually. So you know, we, we will get there. I think in terms of education for businesses. I think as an as an IT industry, you know, as our industry, we need to get better at working with businesses to bridge that gap and to be that conduit and to help them through the the journey of okay, well, you know, you're you're a paper based organization now, so you know, how how do we move forward to make you more efficient? Um, and I, I think it, I think that's on our industry and providers to to do that. And I think you know businesses need to go to their providers, their IT providers and say, hey, how do I do this? Can you have a look at this? What do you what's your what's your advice on on this? Is that is that um I think there's a it's like can be two different languages. And hundred percent. We we think not, but yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um is it of the to sometimes it helps for you know when you when you're running a service business to to kind of focus on some of the the real risks and challenges to get attention. So, what are some of the risks and challenges you see emerging or now or emerging for businesses that are you know have invested in a in an IT infrastructure and and are and their business is heavily reliant on it. So I, I think you know and the and if you turn on any media any every second day you know there's data breaches um there's cyber crime i think our biggest threat to technology at the moment is understanding the risk to businesses that you know yes everything is now in a digital format and it's about about protecting that data so i think businesses are slowly understanding how to do that but we still have a long way to go to understand the you know a business to understand their risk if something happened to that data and how that would actually stop the business. So, I think our focus as an you know as an industry and and uh, companies providing advice to businesses, a lot of those conversations now will be around security. Right. So, and can you talk about an, you know an example where it's been catastrophic? You know that 
Oh, look, look, there, there's so many examples out there. You know, if, you, if you've got a business, um, uh, for instance, I, I did read something the other day where a business had simply a, user, their, a finance user in a business had had their password, um, you know, guessed or they'd, they'd given out, accidentally given out their password. Now, she happened to be the accounts receivable person. So what, that, what they'd done is they waited till a big invoice went out, you know, a twenty or $30,000 invoice. Uh, they changed the bank account details on the invoice uh, and then put it back in her inbox. So the the lady had gone and gone, okay, well, I'll pay this invoice, put the bank details in, not knowing that the bank details weren't the company that she should be paying. It's to a, to a you know, someone that's hacked her account. So yeah. all of a sudden that business is now twenty dollars or $30,000 or whatever, whatever the amount is, but that's how easy it can happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't think some of those crimes are getting the attention that they deserve, and 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 it's a, it's a bit like theft from in, from from staff. It it owners don't necessarily want to talk about it, or you know. So it, it's a you know it's a really um, you know I, I think that's a you know good example where you know the investing in some uh, preventative IT solutions um, and just training. So there's that education, you know, training because. You know, if you look at the statistics for, uh, you know, data breaches in Australia, 85% of them come from end users with that, you know, similar stories to that one that we just said. So, you know, the staff are the greatest greatest risk at the moment. So I think an education is is a big proponent of making sure it, that we can prevent that. It sort of loops back to, you know, that what you started talking about with your own business, the culture, recruiting the right people. I mean, you know, there's always going to be opportunities to, um, to, to damage a business to, you know, so yeah, get, getting and trusting your people, supporting them with good IT systems. Um, yep. Look, you, you deal with a lot of different businesses. What, what are some of the exciting, let's, we've talked about risk there and, 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 uh, what Everyone's are, what got is, scared, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what are some of the exciting uh, uses of technologies and, and businesses you've seen, you know, either adapt or emerge in the last 12 months off the back of a good IT, you know, it's a very broad term, but an IT system? I think one of, one of, the, one of the things, you know, in, in the medical space or aged care space where we're starting to see, you know, uh, and, and it, it goes for any business, but, you know, you create these efficiencies in a business where you're moving a, a person from instead of doing data entry in a in a staff room or things like that, you're moving them back to doing what their core business is. You know, whether it's a nurse at the bedside talking to a patient, you know, you're using to, in, instead of them being you know wasting you know an hour or so doing data entry, they're they're sitting there talking to the patient or you know talking. You know, th- there's just lots of efficiencies, but it, 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 it's taking people back to what they do best rather than sitting there doing data entry. They're, they're, they're doing what they enjoy doing and, and, you know, what they should be doing. So I, I think that you, I think we'll see a lot of efficiencies from technology come in place, but it will just make the end user experience better. Not, not so much anything else, but it, it, it will put people back to what they love to do. Or what and what they should be doing and what they should be doing exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look. You know. There's some. You know. We're, I think we're in. You know. If you want to look at some silver lining. You know. There's. You know. There's more opportunity than ever culturally and 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 um, from an IT 
a system perspective to to work in different places to do the same job and, and yeah what you're and, and you know the, the flexible work environment you know people can work two days a week at home instead of commuting yeah. so they've yeah. got more time with their families so there, there is a lot of a lot of good things happening yeah no f- sure is hey um look we're, we're coming up to near the end i, I you've You've uh, grown a business substantially, so congrats on doing that, uh, you know, and getting into business at 20, um, absolutely champion that idea. And can you just talk about in the last minute or two who – you've got a big, you know, a fairly big small business now. Who do you talk to? Where do you get your advice on, you know, in terms of growing and um, dealing with all the day-to-day challenges of, of running your own business? Uh- so that, that that's a good question. I think there, there's twofold, you know, it's one having a good team around you to, you know, that share the same vision and are on the same page to make sure, you know, from an operational point of view that the business works well. We were for, we're fortunate enough that we have what you probably would call an advisory committee that that um, advisory that, board, yeah, yeah, like an yep. advisory board. Yep. You know, we we did a merger with a with a with a business early on. Um, and we were lucky enough to get those skills in um, as an advisory board. And I think that that's important. You know, I suppose when I started, it was your parents giving you advice, and they still they still do. I think I think the more mentors you can have, the the better yeah. the 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 better you go. You know, a, a saying that I uh, that I remember someone telling me was a a problem shared is a problem halved. So, you know, yeah. if you can bounce ideas off, you know, that, that makes a whole lot of difference. Yeah, look, we we recently chatted with um, Louise Brockman from Advisory Board Centre, who's also from Queensland. You know, and, and the power of of external advice, and even at the level of one person trying to grow a business, or in your case, with forty employees. So, um, look, congrats on on what you've have achieved, Ashley. Uh, just want you to give us your sort of top tip for a small business owner listening in. Um, to to do a better job of tackling their IT challenges, what was what's the number one thing you would endorse them to to do? Uh, from an IT perspective, I yep. would reach out to your provider um, and start the conversation on how you know get them to understand your business. If 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 that's not something I do, find a provider that's wor- that's willing to work with you and understand your business, and then that will overlay the technology on top. Right. So again, that strong linkage between business strategy and IT yep. strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's the same as having an accountant or a financial planner or your legal advice. It's just IT is is becoming, you know, is an important part of a business. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, Ashley, Ashley Darwin, thank you very much for your time today. We really appreciate um, uh, your insights and, and your time and, and, and all the, the wisdom you've shared on your business and, and the the, um, the growth you've been able to achieve. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All the best. So that's all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. Anthony and I continue to be inspired by bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. For any of the links resources or information we've talked about on the show today or to contact Anthony or myself please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com or you can find us on both Facebook and Instagram. Anthony and I would love you to tune in at the same time next week for another episode 
of small business banter. Thank you.